Hey, I'm Jen. In life, I've learned that adversity is a stranger to no one. The way we cope is a huge indicator of our character. We want to make choices from confidence, empowerment, and trust instead of letting our circumstances control us. Let's talk about how. This is episode I, Identifying Areas of Improvement with Donna Tashjian. Hello, welcome to the podcast this week. I especially welcome you if you're new. I have had a lot of new listeners recently and just wanted to make you feel welcome on this podcast and thank you for finding it. Every week we start with a name the emotion segment and this is just to help us get leverage over our feelings and realize that we're the ones in control and it also just helps to name them, to move past them, move through them, all the things. This first example is one that I was actually a part of, so this listener didn't write in, I just took the liberty of using this example, I'll have to ask for her permission before I air this, but I was with my friend and we were carpooling home from a book club and it had gotten pretty late, it was around midnight when we were finally driving home and we didn't notice the speed limit decrease even though we were paying attention and a cop pulled us over. We decided he was probably pretty bored. Anyway, she got her first speeding ticket and it was kind of unfair because she was going down a hill. So of course your speed would increase and that's when the speed limit decides to change. And the officer said there were three signs and I don't know how we missed them. But anyway, the emotion here we decided was the feeling of injustice. It just seemed so unjust that here we were innocent girls and just trying to do our best. She'd never gotten a speeding ticket before, yet you see all these other people speeding by and they never get tickets. It just seems like the good people always get caught. So anyway, that was that. The next example is the word hoity-toity. You may have seen this in my stories. I had been approached to see if I wanted to host an Usborne Books party And I decided to because it seemed low-key, non-threatening, not much work on my part. So I figured, why not? And the thing with Usborne Books is funny because I've always declined invitations in the past. But for some reason, I decided to accept an invitation from a friend. And I really liked the low-key aspect of it. Just it was a non-threatening book look and you could come and go as you want. And I ended up buying three books. So, And then that led to me hosting a party. Anyway, I digress. So then I was inviting my friends to the party and one friend wrote back, "Mm, sorry, we only buy secondhand books. And that's, of course, my perception of how it came across, but that's not how she intended it at all. And we had a good conversation about it. But so then it led me to think of what other things I had heard recently that were hoity-toity or snobbish or entitled. And I said one the very next day and it was, I don't eat leftovers, (laughs) which is funny. I'm just not a huge fan of leftovers. I would personally rather cook a meal again rather than eat the leftovers, especially chicken. For some reason, when you reheat it, to me, it just tastes so much different, so gross. So I just don't like leftovers. I've gotten pretty good at making the exact amount we need or at least enough for my husband to take leftovers the next day because he'll eat them, (laughs) but I just don't like leftovers. So that kind of sounded hoity-toity to me too. And then one other example of hoity-toity is I was at the park and I was talking to a mom that I didn't know and talking about my kids and my upcoming baby on the way and 
how they're going to be 18 months apart. And she's like, oh yeah, my kids aren't that close together. But (laughs) anyway, it just stuck out as hoity-toity because sometimes you try to plan it and it just doesn't work out. So don't judge people for how close or far apart their kids are. Okay, those were kind of examples within an example. But the last one, the emotion is relief. And I felt this after getting a lot of little things done. There's so many things in our house that could be done on a regular basis or the habit that we have is leaving things at the bottom of the stairs to take upstairs or leaving things on the counter that need to be taken downstairs, etc. And so it's a relief when you finally get those little projects done. Gretchen Rubin says... Don't procrastinate things that take less than a minute to complete. So it's a good reminder. Okay, on to the list for the week. I also do a weekly list of whatever comes to mind. And I feel like they've been negative lately. Today's is also kind of negative. I'll try to throw in a positive one here pretty soon. And I also have to admit that I'm kind of a hypocrite because last week I talked about things that I think are not useful or needed. And one of those things was TV shows. (laughs) And my husband just recently introduced me to Brooklyn Nine-Nine and we've been watching that two or three episodes a night. So I guess I have to take that back. And I do like TV shows. I was probably just bitter because I didn't have a TV show at the time, you know. I know a lot of people search for TV shows once they finish one. And so probably just me expressing my emotions that I didn't have a TV show to rely on. Okay, my list for the week. This week is desserts that I'm not a huge fan of because to me they're not worth the calories as they say on the Great British Baking Show. I don't like pie mostly because of the crust but I do love a good graham cracker crust or oreo crust. I just am not a huge fan of pie crust. I don't think it tastes very good. Next is macarons. They do look very pretty though. Brownies. I feel like people just, that's their go-to dessert. They have brownies and it just gets so boring and I don't love them. They are tolerable though under a mound of ice cream. (sighs) To me, I don't think fruit belongs in dessert or ice cream. I'm not one to choose fruity flavors or put fruit on things. It just seems like fruit has its own natural sweetness and when you mix it with fake sweetness or artificial sweetness, it just, they just don't go together. Next is cake donuts or really dense donuts. I like mine to be light and airy, like Krispy Kremes or if you know of Reams Grocery Store in Springville. Yeah, that's where it's at. And last is dark chocolate or even semi-sweet chocolate. I know right away if there's semi-sweet chocolate chips in a chocolate chip cookie and I can't stand it. It just tastes so bitter to me. Milk chocolate is the only way to go. Okay, and now a few quotes before heading into my interview with Donna. So speaking of identifying areas of improvement, the first quote is short and sweet, and it says, nothing to prove, everything to improve. Isn't that so true? There's always areas of improvement, but we don't have to prove anything to anyone besides maybe ourselves or God, but it's not a game. It's not a race. It's, it's all up to us and our self-accomplishments and pride. 
Next is by former prophet Gordon B. Hinckley, and he said, without hard work, nothing grows but weeds. So true. If you just let things go, you'll get weeds. And last is by Malcolm X, and it says, there is no better teacher than adversity. Every defeat, every heartbreak, every loss contains its own seed, its own lesson on how to improve your performance the next time. Isn't that so good? We just take where we failed or where we came short and we use that to improve the next time. We just use it as a lesson, as a building block to what we can learn next. Okay, and now on to my interview with Donna. She is a fabulous life coach, especially helps empowering women become vibrant women. And without further ado, let's go to the interview. Hello, I am here with Donna. Hi. (laughs) Would you mind introducing yourself to my listeners? My pleasure, Jen. It's a pleasure to be here today. My name is Donna Tashjan. It's easier to say than it sounds. I am the CEO and founder of Vibrant Living International, and my passion is to help people, predominantly women, but to help people rise above the pain and disappointments of life so that they can live the life they've always dreamed. I am a life mastery coach. I love it. I've been talking to a few life coaches, and I'm just really drawn to the subject, and I love the work you're doing and how you help women reach their potential and be their best self. So thank you for doing that for the world. My pleasure. Just from the get-go, I want to refer people to your website because that's what drew me and I love it so much. And I just want to hear you speak to that a little bit and your workshops and things that you offer. My website has a lot of free resources that are available. There is a free book on my homepage called An Umbrella on a Sunny Day. And the premise behind the title, everybody asks me, it's like the premise behind the title is when we prepare for the worst to happen, the idea is it's sunny outside, but I'm bringing my umbrella because it's going to rain on me sooner or later. Mm. And it's that mindset that we think by preparing for the worst that we will prevent it from happening but it really isn't the case. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so it is a really personal story of my story of how I, some of the things that's happened in my life, I'll leave it at that so you can read it. (laughs) And then it also has women's stories of when they've worked with me, I give tools inside the book. And then when they work with me, what transformation has occurred. So that's an umbrella on a sunny day. There's other resources available under my resource tab. I have different programs. I'm not sure which one you would like to talk about next. I would love to talk about them all, but the one that (laughs) stuck out most was life by design, not by default. And you write in there, discover six superpowers you already possess, but are not aware of. So that for sure intrigued me. So I think my listeners would be intrigued as well. Life by design, not by default came from the, the, even my own mindset at a certain period in my life my own beliefs is that I was just buffeted or surviving life circumstances Mm -hmm. that I had no control that I just had to cope and deal with it. And circumstances just happened to us and we just had to grin and bear it. Mm -hmm. And it's that feeling that this was coming from is like, how do we create a life by design? I don't know about the rest of the listeners, but my story is I'm a faith-based in everything that I do. 
And Jesus said he came to give us life and life in abundance. I believe God is good. And if he came to give us life in abundance, have you been experiencing that? And I looked at my life and I went, no, not really. (laughs) So how, if you did that, what am I missing? Hmm. What am I missing that I'm not fully experiencing that? So that was before. Hmm. So what I've learned is, is that there are gifts or superpowers, whatever word that resonates with you that we have been given. And I go into whether you're using them to your benefit or not. The way that it felt to me as if I didn't know about them. So if you were saying you had a knife Mm -hmm. and you're cutting an apple, but you use it the wrong way and you like backwards and you cut yourself. Mm. that's what the, their op, the knife works. It's just, how are you using it? Mm. And that's the key with these gifts, as well as the laws that are in place. They're there for our benefit, but we have to know how to use the tool properly or it can hurt us. Right. And so that's what I have discovered with this. And I'm trying to make this known everywhere that you can have a life by design, not by default, that God has something good for you. And how do we get it? Mm. How do we grasp it? How do we learn to use the tools? Can I give you one example? For sure, please. So one example is imagination. That is one of our gifts that we have. Imagination is creative. Imagination is fun. Remember as a child, you could be anything. (laughs) And then we kind of quit doing that as we get older. But most of the time as adults, We use imagination negatively. Mm. We use it to expect something. Okay. If you have children or ever known anyone that's the child, the teenager is home late. They're not home when they said they would be. And you're experiencing the worst case scenario of what could be happening. We do it with the economy. We do it with our health. You know, we encounter somebody that's sick. Oh, I know I'm going to get sick. I can just see it. We do it with something happening in the economy. Well, it's going to affect me negatively. And all of those things, we use it all the time, but we don't use it the way it was designed. Imagination is supposed to be creative, creating good for our lives. And how do we do that? And that's one of the things I get into. Yeah, that's a great example. I can... I can relate that back to the knife. Like you said, we use it to hurt ourselves because I know I'm guilty of making up stories or, you know, just imagining the worst, like you said. So I know that 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 can be turned around and should be turned around. And then another aspect that intrigued me was turning your baggage into luggage. So I know this is one of your workshops. So If you could just give us a little taste, because I know that that's what you provide your clients. So we wouldn't want to give too much away. But if you could just speak to that. One of the things with turn your baggage into luggage is I actually do free virtual workshops. I just had one last night. Hmm. And then from there, if people are a good fit, we can work together further. But I do free resources. So I would be happy to share some of the keys to this. My analogy in baggage thinking and luggage thinking is baggage thinking is. First of all, why did this happen? Mm -hmm. That question gets us more stuck than any other things, because sometimes 
maybe most of the time, there's no answer. Right. Other than bad things happen in the world to good people. Mm -hmm. Bad things happen. They just do. And so my response to them is the only thing I can sometimes control in those situations. But we ask why. We maybe say, this wasn't fair. This wasn't just. This wasn't right. This is just wrong. (laughs) Or anger and bitterness. And someone needs to pay. Mm. I've been there. If you hear, read my book and hear my story, you'll understand why you'd probably be mad with me, <laughs> you know, and, and it's, we, things aren't right. Things aren't just mm-hmm. somebody should pay and all of those things. But when I stay in that, that's baggage. Mm. I may survive. I probably I'll survive it. I'll move on. But unless I actually process that in a healthy way, all I do is stuff it and it never really goes away and baggage gets to stink. And we just carry it around. And then we kind of have a stinking attitude <laughs> with the things that we do. Luggage thinking, on the other hand, is I can't change this. It's become a part of me. This, what this happened is part of me. And I'm going to use it to grow and become the best me I can be. I call these when we shift our mindset to this luggage thinking and be able to process that is gifts wrapped in sandpaper. Mm. They don't feel good. They're not fun. They're not pretty bows. None of that. It's ugly. It's painful. It's not fair. It's all of the stuff. But if we utilize it and begin to look for the gift, then we can change from baggage to luggage. Mm. And I have four steps for doing this. So I'll share that today. Yeah. The number one is search for the gift. Hmm. Yes. Just begin to look. What can I learn? What can I grow? How can I become stronger, more resilient through this? Just the idea of beginning to look for the gift shifts my perspective. Hmm. I yeah. see things I didn't see before because I'm looking for it. Have you ever noticed, I know you probably know about how your brain works, but this is a great point to remind ourselves, you know, when you first bought your car, how Mm -hmm. all of a sudden you see your car everywhere (laughs) and it was there all along. We just didn't see it. Right. So as we begin to shift our perspective, we see things that were probably there all along, but we didn't see it because I'm mad and angry and hurt. And probably rightly so. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's not helpful to stay there. Number two is begin to keep a bigger picture. If your life was a book, Mm -hmm. let this be a paragraph, a Mm -hmm. page, perhaps a chapter of your book, but not your whole life. I love it. You know, it, let it be a portion and understand this doesn't have to be forever unless you let it. One of my favorite, I have, I wrote a declaration book <laughs> and one of my favorite is my past does not determine my future hmm. unless I let it. There you go. Yes. So learning that number three is compassion for others. Forgiveness is a big topic. Sometimes forgiving ourselves. Sometimes forgiving others, sometimes both (laughs) is a huge topic. Just to make it brief, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to get sick. Yes. 
It doesn't work. They don't pay. It doesn't work. I do whole workshops on forgiveness. So Mm. what it is, what it isn't, how to understand it, because it's such a big topic. Yeah. Number four, and then you can ask me questions. Number four is get support, get help. One of the things we do when we're injured, we isolate, maybe physically, maybe emotionally, maybe both, (laughs) but we isolate and we're, I got to figure this out on my own. And all of those kind of thoughts, get support. Don't do it alone. There's other people, learn from other people mm-hmm. who've learned how to overcome and get a coach, get a counselor, get a good friend that's supportive, get someone to be able to help you through those difficulties. If you do those four things, any adversity can turn into good. I love that. I feel like we have such similar goals. So that's so cool. It's been so refreshing to, to hear from you. Also, I feel like you're just very engaging and I want to hear more. So that's great. (laughs) (laughs) I hope my listeners feel the same. So one of the questions that I always ask people is what's one of your favorite inspirational quotes? I know it's a broad question, so hopefully one comes to mind, but I'm just a huge quote collector. And so that's one of the things that empowers me. One of my favorite, uh, Tony Robbins said, impossible is not a fact. It's an opinion. Mm. That's good. That's one of my favorite. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. I don't know. I feel like you just covered it all. You did good. (laughs) (laughs) The short, sweet, to the point, everything. Uh, What are some questions that people ask you? (laughs) One of the things that people often say is, is, you know, if I wanted to talk with you and get some support, how would I do that? Mm. So one of the things is on my website under the schedule tab, you can schedule a complimentary consultation and be able to get some support, some clarity, uh, next steps. What do I do with this kind of call? So that is available on my website as well to be able to support women all around the world. Yes. I love it. When you move forward with a client, what does that look like? Do you work through emotions mostly? Do you talk about experiences or goals What does a typical client session look like? Which I know that's probably hard to say because everyone's different. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have a program that works, the step-by-step that we work through, whether in a group situation or a one-on-one coaching situation. So we do all of that. One of my clients who had been in counseling, which a lot of my clients have been in counseling for a long period of time and are just not getting the results that they're looking for. Mm -hmm. And I asked her at the end of, she was completing the program, was doing phenomenal and was going on with her life. I asked her, what was the difference between working with me as a coach and being in counseling for, I don't know, 20 years, long time. Mm -hmm. And she said, my counselor counseling helps me cope with my mountains, with my problems. And you taught me how to obliterate them. Mm. So it can be all of those things, whatever your mountains are, the program is designed to not help you cope with your anxiety, but not have anxiety to get to the place where you, I mean, everybody has fear, but anxiety is different. You know, and so, but where that, where it's not plaguing you anymore. So that is what I, my programs are transformational. The difference between a caterpillar and a butterfly is huge. (laughs) Yes. I love it. That's a good analogy because 
Yeah, we don't want to just sweep them under the rug or deal with them. We want to get rid of them completely. So, yes, that's good. Well, thank you for your time today. I really appreciate you doing this interview and sharing all of your wisdom. My pleasure, Jen. Anytime. <laughs> okay, thank you. Thank you for joining me on the podcast today. You can find me on Instagram at is4adversity or email me at genbank16 at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you.